Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 686 of the Milk Jason Forrest and Zoe Turner. Here with you this week and coming up on the show. Zoe, actually, you, know, you tell us about your bits first, just so we, we know what's going on, because it's all surrounding the fundraising you're doing for Mental Health UK. Yes, it is. I've got uh, some events coming up, and um, one of them is a live music event on the 9th of September. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got three fantastic acts for that. We've got Rob Lane, who um, you've spoken to previously. Um, Dan Jolliffe, again, he's, we have we have spoken to. We him. spoke to him about tw- twelve years ago, I think it was something like that, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, he was in a band, and now he's um, he's been away for a bit, and he's coming back to go. So, oh no, I actually think he might have another band in in the pipeline. We'll so, yeah, we'll, we'll probably find out the gig on that one, won't we? Yeah. Yeah, and then we've got Echo Gecko as well, who are up and coming West Midlands band. And we'll be um, talking to them. Well. They're joining us in a bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that's the plan. And also, we finally get about the comedy night you got coming up as well. Yes, uh, Wolves Improv. And again, that's Rob Lane. He's been very busy and very uh, gracious with his time because obviously all of these people are doing everything for free as well, um, which is which is really nice of them. Um, okay. Yeah, and he's going to be bringing his comedy show to Shifnal um, on Friday as well. So we'll be catching up to see exactly what's going to happen if we can find out. <laughs> so as well as Zoe's charity stuff to talk about, we'll also be hearing about Blood Brothers from two of the cast. It's at Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre in September. So naturally one of them who's local as well, Nikki Cole-Evans. So she'll be on the show. Uh, also, Julian Alcock, he is the principal of PQA Wolverhampton, the Pauline Quirk Academy. We're having a natter about their September intake and a brand new year of teaching in the world of the arts. And we'll be hearing from Pistols at Dawn. They've got a brand new album out this week. So we're having a natter with their drummer and finding out when hopefully they'll be on tour across the UK. That's all coming up on the show this week. Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre plays host to the touring production of Blood Brothers from the 13th through to the 17th September. It is always an amazing show, even more so because we've got one of our own in the lead role. So that's all. I'm joined now by two of the cast, whom I shall let introduce themselves, please. Hi, I'm Nikki Carwell-Evans and I play Mrs Johnston. Hi, I'm Jay Worley and I play Edward Lyons. And it's uh, it's an amazing show. People go back to this show so many times. And, and Nikki, I mean, last time I saw you at the Grand, I have to admit, I didn't realise it was you because you normally get the glamour. Um, but uh, this, uh, uh, it's very glamorous underneath those clothes. I'll have you know. Well, uh, this is it. And uh, but it's like you, you're, you're again playing a role which has got uh, it's 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 yeah, certainly we've got our grittiness, we've got our love, we've got our, our care. You've got so many emotions to wear on top of the costume. Yes, you do, but it makes it easier when you get cast like Jay, who you can mother to within an inch of my life. Oh. <laughs> so it makes it very, very easy for me to play because you you need an, you need attachments with the with the other cast to do that. And obviously, everybody knows, everybody in the world knows I've got two boys, so I play Mickey and Eddie as my Jonah and Morgan. So that's how I see it. That's how I need to do it. And once I stop feeling it, we all know that I have to walk away from the part until I can come back and be, not just play her, but be her. Yeah, and I think that is the thing with Blood Brothers. It's 
an entirely believable cast. Uh, sometimes we have to suspend disbelief when it comes to telling tales on stage. But certainly with this one, everybody throws themselves into the part. Now, yes, we've got some older actors playing younger parts uh, for bits of the stories. It tells the story, so it is them. But actually, we, we see past that, and it's not even a suspension of disbelief. You believe in those people that you are seeing they're doing this. And, and with this and the music and the, some of the songs you get to sing, and you will have an amazing time as ever with your wonderful voice doing that. It's going to be awesome, isn't it? It is going to be awesome, and I'll hand it over to Jay to tell you about what it's like playing a seven-year-old, because I've never done that. No, <laughs> no, it's testament to like being one of the newbies of the cast, actually. It's testament to the people that are around you that make it very, very easy. <laughs> Seasoned performer, but I mean, that, 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 I definitely have no choice but to be good in this, Matt. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I've got Nikki <laughs> Cole and Evans next to me, and she's teaching me the ropes, and she's doing fantastic. But honestly, like it's just testament to people around you that make it so much easier to, to do the job. And being a seven-year-old's hard, don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's fun. You just get to let loose on stage. It's really, really fun. It's not, it looks good in a pair of shorts. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Is that, is that, from, 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 from a mother figure as well. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but what what is it else is it like being part of a show like this though, Jake? Because uh, again, you will have regulars who will be coming back to the show. Once you get into one of these parts, they kind of expect you to see it every tour. And uh, you know, once you're a Mrs. Johnston, you're always a Mrs. Johnston. Yeah, I I kind of agree with what Nikki says. Though, to be completely honest, I think the fact that it's, it's it's lovely to do right now. I think being enamoured by the fact that the audiences love it so much and seeing the reaction that you get from these audiences is, is phenomenal. You can see that it's uh, it's a story that sort of bypasses its years and all that sort of stuff. Um, and the thing is, is that when, yeah, if, if the opportunity ever arises again, I think, yeah, I will definitely take another tour and stuff. But if it becomes unorganic, if it becomes something where I don't feel like I'm portraying the story as, as it should be, then I should take a step back and somebody else should take a crack at it and stuff. And I was saying that early on, it's only my first tour now. So I need to... <laughs> The way to see everyone goes first, but I'm loving every second so far. Everybody's lovely, and it's uh, it's a lovely story to tell. And um, he's amazing. He's, right. he's an amazing Eddie. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I can't be. Eddie. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but I mean, Blue Brothers itself, though, is loved by millions, and they will be back. And you know, you're going to get comparisons. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all get comparisons. That's just life, isn't it? Even if I worked in, when I used to work in Wimbushes, I didn't serve the cakes quick enough as, as Carol, you know. So it's it's one of those things. But like I, I've said all, all along, that once you're in the Blood Brothers family, you're protected by the Blood Brothers family. And we love everybody. Nobody is better or worse than anybody else. They're just portrayed differently. You know, because I get a lot of things saying, oh, you know, about Maureen or Lynn or anybody. But we're great, great friends. Mm -hmm. And we all go and watch each other do it. You know, we're all mm -hmm. behind. So within our family of Blood Brothers, there's none of that, really. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just life, isn't it? Everyone's but, entitled to their own opinion, yeah. aren't they, really? And I think that you draw those comparisons, and that's fair enough. And even still, like, Joel, who Love Into Pieces has recently done the role before, before myself, like... He did a smashing job at the, at, at the role by all accounts. And unfortunately, this is, I shouldn't really say this probably, but I haven't actually seen the show. I'm experiencing the show firsthand yeah. by doing it. So I think yeah. that brings a dynamic to things. And people may like it, people may not like it, but, you know, it, it's every, that's the whole thing about theatre. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion about it. As long yeah. as everyone's talking about it afterwards, afterwards that's all that matters. And uh, obviously, Nikki, being back at the Grand as well, obviously a treat for you. We always love having you around. It's, 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 it, you're, you're part of the fabric of that building now, I think. Uh 
I know everybody. We've all, I've already been in touch. I've got, I think one one of the nights, I think half of the audience is my family and friends. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously I teach, I teach um, musical theatre. So I've got my students coming to see me, which is, I think, even more petrifying than family and friends. <laughs> So, yeah, and I know everybody, and I know their kids, and it's t absolutely horrific when I go back and they're taller than me. talking about the fact that how she knows all the box office staff by first name basis, and yeah, it was hilarious that she was saying about the fact that she just rings them up and just goes, oh, yeah, babe, I've got, I've got 100 people coming in this night, do you want yeah. to accommodate? And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure, for you, Nikki. So poor Tori, Tori Price, <laughs> bless her. Oh, no, I don't need 25, I need 50 now. I don't need that many. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but so you, you were part of it, and, and we love having you in the theatre, uh, from when you've been a fairy on stage through all the <laughs> other stuff as well. Uh, it, it, it is always a treat to see you there. Fairy godmother, they've flown me. Yes, I they have. They've flown you. They flew me in, didn't they? Yes, they did. It, it was amazing. And it, as, as it, but the thing is, I'm so looking forward to hearing your voice again with those iconic songs. And and again, it's the it's it's the nature of the show which sort of brings it all to life, isn't it? It is. And the last time I did uh, Blood Brothers at Walls, um, I had a lovely visitor, and uh, Lynn Paul <laughs> decided <laughs> to watch. On the very first night and i was like oh right okay so we had two mrs johnston's there at that, that particular time so that was nice but yeah i get such warmth from wolverhampton in fact i get goosebumps just thinking about coming back to wolverhampton because i've spent so much time there i've done so many shows so many pantos and you know every time i come back there's a new shop i was a bit worried about my jamaican um um where i used to get my food because that went the last time so mm. i'm hoping yeah I'm hoping somebody else has come in now because it's just the nip over the road. <laughs> there'll, there'll, there'll be something good. I mean, Wolverhampton's got everything to offer, so you'll be able to oh, track something God. down. Yeah, it really, really does. Just walk around. And Nando's is just around the corner. Oh, thanks, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that appeals to me and my generation. Well, we've got an amazing time to look forward to. It'd be brilliant to have you all in our city, Nikki. Obviously, you're one of ours, so we'll love having you back. Grandtheatre.co.uk to get tickets for Blood Brothers. It is the 13th through to the 17th of September. There's BSL site performances and uh, it's audio described too. So check out the website for those and see when you can get you and your family there so you can all enjoy it together. But Nikki and Jay, thank you for joining us. Break a leg. And we very much look forward to this latest telling of Blood Brothers on stage. Oh, thank you. Can't us. wait to come. Improv Wolves are back in action, and it's all in the name of charity. We don't normally drag guests back on so soon, but Rob Lane from the group is here to let us know what is happening, isn't he, Zoe? He is indeed. He's a man of many talents, and he's helping me out in my charity fundraising events a few times this year. So... As I say, the 19th of August is the first one, um, and it's his comedy group, Improv Walls. And I'm looking forward to it myself, even though I'm going to be running around selling raffle tickets. <laughs> Queen of the book of um, raffles, raffle tickets for that night. That's yeah, going to be... but, um, it's an improv night, which is different to like a standard comedy because you're not just going to go sit there and watch. Um, and I don't think Rob knows exactly what's going on either. So how, how do you prepare for something like that, Rob? Well, basically, the, the sort of theme of the night is that we'll, we'll play some improv games. So we, we generally have a set list of the games that we're going to play. And they are the um, 
the sort of format for the different sketches that happen and then we ask the audience for things like locations or certain words to start us off so what we can we don't say we rehearse we say that we practice because whenever you say you rehearse we say oh you rehearse improv but we practice so we make sure that we know how the games work um and it's, it's as much about just being comfortable with each other on stage and kind of knowing that whatever happens whatever the audience says and whatever ends up happening in the scene it will probably be okay. <laughs> now, your first outing at the Lighthouse as the Improv Wolves group went really well, very well attended, and uh, a brilliant time was had by all, I'm led to believe. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, you never know with anything, really, but certainly starting a new night in a new group in a new venue, it's you know it's impossible to know, isn't it, until the night. But I think we had a, a happy combination of a, a lovely and supportive venue, um, and, a new group, a time in our lives, I think, when everybody's quite keen to be out and about doing stuff again after an enforced absence from a lot of things. Um, and the fact that I don't think there's been much improv, comedy improv, actually happening in Wolverhampton. And I think that the Lighthouse and Zoe's events as well, are, I think there's a certain feeling of community that we're trying to put stuff together and, and make things happen. I think audiences are quite into that as well and are happy to support stuff, hopefully. <laughs> well, I think improv... Um, sort of come to the forefront I mean correct me if I'm wrong but have you seen Troy Hawkes he tends to do a lot mm. of improv and he's mm. meet and greets outside shops I mean I, I love it I think it's really mm. funny um, I don't, you don't know where the people get their ideas from so how can you look at a person and, and come out with something funny not just once but like time after time after time if you see what I mean yeah. and I think there's a great skill to it but when when you're doing these you say you've got these questions that you or scenarios that you might practice um on your nights do you find somebody saying um something and think oh yeah I sort of did something similar last time and that got a bit of a laugh so you can sort of reuse something if you see what I mean I mean you you try not to it, it's kind of because things that might have worked in a practice or might have worked at a different show, there's no guarantee that it's going to work again because it's very ephemeral. It's about that group of people in the room mm. on that particular room. That's why it's so difficult to talk about, actually, because you can't, even after a great show, you can be saying to someone, oh, this happened and then that happened, and it doesn't mean anything to somebody who wasn't there. It's quite unlike any other type of theatre or comedy in that way, really. Yeah. Um, there are things that often come up, like it's just a weird psychology thing, I think. Like there's certain things you can ask an audience and you can guarantee that people are going to shout out some of the same things. Yeah. But then on the other on the other hand, there's always someone in the audience who will say something completely off the wall that you would never thought of. And of course, you love having people like that in the audience because they're <laughs> the ones that make events so interesting. So are you auditioning audience members who are, who are bright for this? Or are you just going to let anybody in? <laughs> yeah. If they're really good, we'll take them to the next show and they'll get a sandwich or something. That, that, that oh, could be a deal. Say I've actually found That's not true. I, I, should say, I should point out that that isn't true. I don't give people sandwiches. The improvised sandwich joke again. That's the. <laughs> so there is actually going to be food on the night. You haven't got to provide sandwiches, Rob. It's okay. No, no sandwiches. <laughs> I do know what it is. It's definitely not a buffet. Oh, what, have got, what have we got? What have we got on the night? It's, well, they said they're going to do fries and then burgers and hot dogs. So and it's like going to be a good value night. Like that. Yeah. yeah, a bit like it's McDonald's. A, <laughs> it's an amazing value night, and that's all for the eight quid. Eight pounds, yeah. Wow. The pub's been really good, and as I say, they did used to do a comedy night before, um, and they are well receptive to um, things like improv. Um, one of the nights when I was there, the comedian sort of threw his what he's got to say out the window because he had that much feedback off the audience. <laughs> <laughs> he 
didn't do any of the stuff that he'd got and he was just um re responding to heckles I suppose <laughs> and it made it a really nice night because the, the audience sort of felt part of the act as well as the comedian and it everybody was sort of bonded together in that so yeah, I think I think it'll be well re received. So that, that that's going to make it absolutely awesome time down there. So Zoe, give us the details of how people get tickets for this one. Um, you can go on Eventbrite. Um, there is like some random number it's brought up for the event, but if you just search for comedy walls improv, um, it'll pop up and it's um it'll say Shifnal on there. It's the Wheat Sheaf Pub in, um, in Shifnal. Um. And it's eight pounds. Just buy your ticket through there and turn up on the night. And I'll have a list with your name on it, and I'll tick it off. <laughs> and you can be able to get in. So all you need to do is remember your name and probably have a QR code on your phone as well, which you'll get sent. Yeah, or something like that. and then um, if you are in Shifnal and you don't really, you're not really very techno. Um, I have said to the landlord if people want to just pop in and pay to him directly, uh, he's just going to send me the name via messenger so so no eventbrite sometimes is a bit funny you've got to like join it and everything um and as some people don't like doing all that sort of stuff so if you are local to shift you can just pop in and pay over the counter as well as it were yeah and uh, i think it's going to be a, a busy one so probably not much availability on the night make sure you're getting in there early find a friend who can work eventbrite if that's not the case or tweet <laughs> at zoe or improv walls and somebody will be in touch i think that's probably the way to do yeah. it isn't it yeah well that's it if you want to uh, message one of us um and you want to pay on the door as it were as long as we've got your name on the list because obviously there's a limited amount of people that can go in um to the room else people will be uh, fat on each other um and that's yeah, a very different type of night yeah yeah as long as we know the maximum amount of people that's within them that's fine okay so that's that is the plan the rest of it is unplanned isn't it rob that's right so we know where we're going to be i think we know who we're going to have there <laughs> and we know there's going to be fries and burgers so what more could we ask for yeah. in an evening of comedy that always helps which will be available to buy. You see, I have to keep saying, whenever I talk to someone at the moment, I have to know that you have to pay for your alcohol, but I have to keep saying, <laughs> remember to drink responsibly and get a designated driver if you, if that is necessary. Because oh, Zoe just seems yeah. to be a bit of a lush at the minute. <laughs> it's the summer, isn't it? You've got to have um, a little gin. It isn't compulsory. Let's just make that clear. You don't have to drink. You can have soft <laughs> drinks whilst you're there. It'll still be funny. That's true. You can have a good time without drinking with the Improv Wolves. That's the, that's the way we like it. There we go. That, that, that's the strap line. <laughs> but in Zoe's case, anything seems to help. But there we go. Right. So, uh, I mean, Rob, thank you and the gang for doing this. It's absolutely awesome, the fact you're part of it. And uh, it should be an absolutely amazing night. We know that. We, you've got form now, so we know it's going to be good. Uh, give us the details of where we can find Improv Wolves on the socials for your next event. Improv Wolves, yeah. I believe it's Improv underscore Wolves on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, and we're looking at another event at the Lighthouse. I'll be talking to the guys this week, maybe September, maybe October. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to let everybody know on the 19th when our next one is going to be. Okay, so that'd be good. So get yourself along to the Schiffel event, which is all for charity, and the guys are doing it as an absolute gift to the wonderful world of making sure we look after people's mental health. Uh, Zoe, just so kind of, if you can, recap some of your ticket details in some way or form. Yes, so it's eight pound. Um, it includes food on the night that the pub have very kindly provided. Um, obviously, you've got to buy your own beer. There'll probably be like some sort of raffle. Um, but please don't buy tickets if you don't want to. It's just there for just um, to try and raise a few extra funds. 
And then obviously it's going to be a fantastic night of comedy from Improv Wars. You can get there whenever you like. Um, I think it's after the start. Before the stars. Seven, yeah, I've put down <laughs> half seven, but um, obviously get there beforehand to get a seat and get a drink. So um, we're improving the arrival time as well. I like it. It's just so all on theme. Well, yeah, it's whenever, it's whenever Rob fancies turning up. Yeah, I'll be there about 10 if that's all right. <laughs> Don't be naughty. 7.30 is the start time, so make sure you're <laughs> along there at the Wheat Chief Schiffnell. Get your tickets in advance and we'll have an amazing night of comedy. Rob Lane, thank you for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pistols at Dawn are an amazing band, some fantastic music, all based out of Atlanta, and I'm joined now by Adam to drummer. Hello, sir. How's it going? Appreciate you having us over there in England today. Well, good to talk to you. And, and because the time difference and stuff at recording this, uh, it is literally dawn over here. Is it 6 a.m. for me, 1 a.m. for you? And uh, uh, I'm, this is just part of the rock and roll lifestyle for you, isn't it? You know, this is how we roll, man. I mean, it's gonna. It's the, the night is not gonna end after this. <laughs> so, give us the background to to the the whole sound because um, I, melodic metal is part of what's in my head, but there is some amazingly uh, raucous elements in there too. And uh, across a whole album, you've got every little bit of rock and roll you could want. I think, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the one of the defining parts of our band is that we're all music lovers. Mm-hmm. We grew up, we were all since very little playing music and going to concerts and, and buying our favorite music. And I think our influences and our uh, favorite bands, you know, we just owned them since we were, since we were, you know, all little kids and kind of grew up with music. That was our lives. And um, we've all played since we were very little as well. And so we've kind of, we've kind of had a, a sound evolve uh it's all of our influences combined with just our own unique sound and it just kind of comes out as pistols at dawn well certainly i'd say uh unique and but so it's sort of enticing i think is the way i want to describe it you're drawn into the music yeah i i don't know it's one of those things you can, we can't really explain we we literally get in a room for example the new album ascension which comes out uh friday um we, we, we wrote this album in 12 weeks. It was the type of thing where we'd go in or we'd go into our rehearsal space and, and we're, we're a plug and play band. So literally we plug in, there's no tracks. We don't play with it with a bunch of made up, uh, you know, music like, you know, some bands do, which, which I respect if that's your thing. It's just, we're very old school. We plug in, we play our music and, and there's something that happens when we start writing new songs and new records um, it just kind of comes out of us. And my, my uh, lead guitarist, Devin, will play a riff that he's been thinking about or has had on his mind for, for five years or 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> and just, you know, it's kind of like that perfect connection when you meet somebody and, you, and you're dating. Um, it's kind of like that, that moment where you just know you're with the right person. <laughs> well, it's the same thing with music. He, he, he plays that riff and, and there's something about it. I just... I just put the drums on top of it and we kind of build from there. But it is, it's live layers, isn't it? It's none of this overworking it in the studio. Uh, You're not trying to get to a product you've imagined and can't achieve live. And I think, again, that sort of music, it's real, isn't it? I know that's the important part. 
I, I think it's 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 definitely the defining part of our band. I think it's one of the most important parts of music is that, you know, if you can just plug in and play your music, you can play anytime, anywhere. And the, the listener is really going to get the true experience of what you do. Um, you know, I respect bands that use tracks. There's there's a million bands these days that use tracks and and they write songs in the studio. We write songs together in a rehearsal space. And, and, you know, we get them down perfectly before we ever walk into a studio. We'd never write in the studio. That, that to me, is artificial. And so um, it means a lot to us to be able to, to just plug it in and do it. Now, I will say this, you know, after the producer mixes it and puts their touch on it, you know, it's definitely got some bells and whistles. <laughs> and so what's really cool about that, though, is that when we play live, it's plug and play. And so our fans and our supporters and our followers are going to get the true pistols of dawn experience when they see us live and, and a lot of times there's a lot of surprises with that because you know sometimes stuff we want to do on the record uh we save for the live show sometimes <laughs> and i think a music live is absolutely the way we should be hearing it as well isn't it i mean it, it's uh, the, the pre-recorded format is one thing but actually seeing a band totally rock out and and, and bring you the energy that they put into uh, the, the recording, but physically seeing it, the buzz that a room gets. And, and you, you must be enjoying uh, looking at taking this album out on the road. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely tell you that um, there's nothing that we're looking forward to more right now, especially with the new album coming out. You know, with everything that took place during the pandemic, uh, you know, we have, it, we have a lot of music to tour on right now. And so, you know, between our label and our management, and, everything else that we've been doing, especially with all of the music we've got, uh, our set's ready. We rehearse every week. Uh, we've been ready for a while. And uh, I can genuinely tell you that the energy we're gonna bring, uh, it's gonna be electric. And, and honestly, when we play live in front of people, you know, we play shows here and there, benefits, this, that, the other. And it's the type of thing where, you know, we draw our energy from, from our audience. And um, one of the coolest things in the world is the UK and the European audience. Uh, there's nothing but I mean, there's there's almost nothing better. Uh, the, the passion for music in the UK uh, and throughout Europe is just so infectious. And um, I can genuinely tell you uh, it's on it's in the books where we will be coming to Europe. We will be coming to the UK. And uh, there's, honestly, we're beyond excited about it. But when you do, make sure you play an area called the West Midlands. Wolverhampton is our home, and uh, it'd be great to see you in uh, in the city or at least nearby to hear you play. And, and do something like uh, with the single fly that was released back in July. Uh, it, it is very much a live feel video, isn't it? Yeah, man. I mean, I think that's, you know, we, we, we do a lot of videos. And um, the reason we do it is because that's what old school rock and metal is all about. You know, you, you create the song, you put it on a... You put it on a record or a disc or whatever, and then you create a video and you bring it to life and you let people see the feeling uh, that, that can't necessarily see you live right at that moment. You know, we want them to be able to experience us. And so um, for us, uh, videos, honestly, most, not all, most all of our videos, we're always playing in them. Uh, you know, they have their different variations and their different themes and whatnot, but we're always playing because we want you to feel that raw energy and fly is a perfect example. Uh, it's one of, it's one of our favorite songs on the album. It's the one we put out second. We're definitely taking it to radio and it's, it's just, it's just this powerful, you know, rocks, hard rock 
slash metal song that's just it just hits you in the chest and you know we focused on girl power in the video and you had all these girls just raging out to the song and it was just it was just power and energy and that's that's what we're about and that's what the the song and the video are about well certainly music which has got it got life and i think that's that's the thing you you, you feel a little tingle when you listen to it and uh, yeah the, the, that takes it next level i mean the, the music as i said draws you in and before you know it you you're going to be a fan of crystals at dawn yeah grateful grateful to hear that from you and it means it means the world to us when we hear that both from you and from from anyone else who who listens to our music because honestly that's what it's all about for us is 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 kind of you know drawing out feeling and 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 making someone feel kind of what we're feeling when we play the music. And, and like Fly is a perfect example, man. When we first started playing it, I remember the day Devin first played the riff. I mean, I just kicked right into it. It, would, it didn't take me five seconds to figure out what I was going to play to it. And it was just like, it was just like one of those moments just hitting you in your chest. And um, that's really what, what we're about. We are fans and lovers of music and we want people to feel what we feel when we play the music. We're going to share that track now, but before we do, give us all the details on the album and any potential uh, tours, yeah, notably the UK, because we, we, we want you to come to us. Uh, uh, so uh, what, what have you got in the, in the pipeline at the minute and where do we find you online? Yeah, so uh, our album is called Ascension. Uh, it's eight tracks. We didn't put any fluff on it. Every <laughs> single track, start to finish, it's like 33 minutes, the total album. I suggest you turn it on, crank it the hell up, uh, especially if you've got a workout or a run or you want to drive faster, you're just ready to kick someone's ass, just, just push play. That first track under the surface is going to kick in and it's just going to go track to track to track to track to track. And you'll be done with the album quickly and you'll just, it, it will pump you up for your day. Mm -hmm. It is exactly the feeling we wanted people to feel, how we feel when we listen to the album because we love the album. Uh, Sylvia Massey produced it. She did Tool's Biggest Records, Johnny Cash, uh, system of a down she's one of the you know she's one of the mega producers we worked with her she she really helped us um draw out what we were searching for um when we wrote we you know like you said when we wrote the music we wanted that to be heard on the album and she did that for us and um the album comes out friday you can find it everywhere you can download it everywhere stream it everywhere etc cetera, etc cetera. um obviously you can find us on pistols at dawnband.com you can find us on Facebook at uh, at Pistols at Dawn Band on Instagram at Pistols at Dawn Official. Uh, touring, that's imminent. Uh, <laughs> and our goal is to go everywhere. So when you say Wolverhampton, we're, we're working on coming to Wolverhampton. Uh, I can genuinely tell you that uh, our manager has been talking to us to about, about England and Europe, especially England. Um, you know, he, he was uh, Papa Roach's longtime manager and he brought them over a ton and that worked out very well for them. And, and we, we love, we've traveled Europe a lot and we've traveled England a lot and we just can't wait to come over there and play, especially because of the, the passion for music, as I've said, but it's happening. I, I don't have dates just yet, but if you stay tuned to our websites and our social media, uh, I can guarantee you sometime very soon, we will get over to the UK. And it will be our treat, and we'll make you very welcome, I am absolutely sure. Loving the sound, let's take this to fly. For now, Adam, from Pistols at Dawn, thank you for joining us. 
it's, it's been our great pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. And I hope we can talk again soon.
PQA, Pauline Quirk Academy in Wolverhampton. It's currently taking its summer break. However, it is back in the early part of September. Principal Julian Alcock is with me to tell me exactly what's going on. Hello, sir. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm good and good to talk to you again. And obviously, busy times ahead and preparing yourself for a brand new intake of students. Absolutely, yeah. We, um, we've had a hugely busy year. Uh, just come to an end with loads and loads of new students and lots of uh, events across all three disciplines and uh, we were ready to kick, kick off again on the 3rd of September with even more and more exciting stuff. Absolutely because a huge bounce back after Covid obviously yeah. uh, the whole PQA world kept everything going and made sure everyone was able to mm. still get some good classes in during those difficult times and uh, you, know, you just come to the end of a, a brilliant year and this is the opportunity to get involved in some amazing events. This year with uh, Biggie is for the older students. Um, we're actually joining the National Theatre Connections uh, project, which means both the AM and the PM, uh, 13 to 18 year olds will be involved in that. It, we get um, a brand new play, mm -hmm. freshly written. There are 10 plays in total. We get one of them. We don't know which one yet and we one for each academy and we uh, put put that play together we perform it locally we then go and perform it at a festival theatre somewhere in the country within probably about 150 miles we don't know entirely where yet and obviously if we do really really well we could even end up performing at the national theatre in london so, it's so yeah, lots, lots of great opportunities like that and that is the sort of thing that pqa do Absolutely. you take kids train them give them the opportunity to explore a whole world they maybe never even thought of working in and give them that confidence to appear on the stage of somewhere like the NT. Absolutely. And I mean, this, this year we had them in, in a performance at Leicester at a drama festival, which was fantastic. Coming up, uh, we, we just did that two months ago. Um, coming up in November, we've got films that the students have made in the Birmingham Film Festival. We have a specially mm -hmm. curated day uh, there for PQA uh, in the region, um, but it's partly run by myself, so we uh, control what goes in there and see how that will um, make up a really exciting pro programme of films mm -hmm. uh, for the kids to see. Um, and we also have national PQA film festivals, um, which are coming up in October. We've got, and we have films in those as well. So again, another great range of things and working in so many different genres as well. I mean, film, acting, there's dance, there's, uh, you know, there's obviously the uh, some some brilliant singing work done. Uh, you know, the, you, you've got it all. And mm -hmm. Pauline Quirk as patron is obviously still gets involved quite heavily with the making sure that the the, the programme is, is what she wants to see too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with 200 plus academies nationwide, she can't be sort of on, on the ground at every academy these days. So she, her involvement's very much more at the, uh, should we say, the, the oversight level. It, mm -hmm. It's about coming up with our, our national sort of program but within the academies of course we're working with it both within their guidelines but also we all have our own unique flavor bought to bought by the team that actually run the academy and you say it is about top quality uh, uh, staff and get a nice safe environment for everybody concerned oh completely yeah uh, very very important and we have uh, we have a huge amount of fun and in fact we um, we just went with 20 of the older students to London, had a, week, a couple of days away to see The Tempest at the Globe, which mm -hmm. was absolutely incredible you know, for, for them to see a play. They, had, they were groundlings, they, had, they stood up through the whole play, 
properly and mm -hmm. saw it as it would have been at the time and it was incredible and suddenly you've got 20 kids that Shakespeare was speaking to which is so just such an achievement in this day and age well I think yes I think with Shakespeare as well it's important to immerse yourself into it because it, mm -hmm. it's through the quality of the acting that you pick up what's going on it can sometimes feel mm -hmm. like a foreign language but as we know when we travel abroad mm -hmm. all foreign languages can be got past purely by watching the environment around you and understanding what's happening mm -hmm. and the brilliant acting skills that you'll have seen down there will have brought that to life and told the story in a way that as you say you can't imagine unless you've done it mm, very much so and of course Shakespeare was kind of the East Enders of its day. <laughs> it was meant to be a contemporary thing, mentioning what was going on at the time, and particularly the comedies. There's a lot of co contemporary th references in there. Um, and to see it in the globe where they actually start working in modern contemporary references, just so that it speaks to the kids, like including Harry Potter costumes, which <laughs> sounds a bit weird, but it works brilliantly. And it just meant that those guys saw saw the play and really got the idea of what what it's meant to be which is yeah. hard to get when you sit in an english class and read it from a textbook absolutely it's real world stuff and i think mm. again that's the joy of being a part of something like pqa because yeah. it may seem that you're distancing yourself by having a song a dance and, and making a film mm. but actually what you're doing is learning life skills and the uh, and building confidence and if you're not mm. looking at moving into the arts as, as a career just be if you if you can do it do it and make sure that you, you, you when you've got to do that speech at work you, you've got those ground rules there that help you out with it one of our ex-students has just completed an mba and you know she has said to me that the confidence to get up and stand in front of the group and to to be able to address a meeting comes from her days at pqa working with us and getting up on stage in the west end or even locally Mm -hmm. uh, it's it made such a difference to her. And, and that's a, a sort of thing I've had, I've repeated to me time and time again by ex-students, whether they go into performing arts, business, teaching, you name it, it can help. Yeah, and as I say, there's a wide range of opportunities and it might well be you think you're coming to make film, but actually you end up acting on stage. Oh, yeah, everybody does everything. That's the key, um, because you can't predict what your life's going to throw at you. So our, our view is they do everything and that way they've got at least an idea of what to do come the future when a, a particular door opens in front of you. Even if you're a film actor, you might be offered a, a stage role. If you're a film director, you've still got to understand how the actor works. Mm -hmm. So it's important to have done it so that you can then bring that knowledge to your role as a director. Yep. Well, 3rd of September is when classes resume. Mm -hmm. Where are they and how do people get involved and what are the age groups and how does it work? Ooh, okay, so we're on a Saturday morning or a Saturday afternoon. We have the two academies, they're pretty much the same, but they run at different times. So one's mm -hmm. at 10 till 1 and one's at 2 till 5. Uh, they're at Wolverhampton Grammar School. And we um, the easy way to get in touch is to simply go to www.pqacademy.com, not PQA Academy, which a lot of people get wrong, just PQ <laughs> Academy. And then on that site, just request information and we will get in touch with you uh, to arrange a free trial session. We don't like to charge for those. We want you to come along, see if it's right for you, see if you're right for us, just to make sure that everybody's happy with it. And... We don't believe in charging for that. So you just come along and find out if it's right. Absolutely. And uh, it, the, the kids are with you from what age range? 
we have kids from four right up to 19 so a huge huge range and uh, even the little four-year-old and they're mostly four in that group this year did a little performance of wizard of oz which was the cutest thing you have ever seen it was fantastic <laughs> I can it, imagine. Was, it, it was absolutely wonderful well, uh, again it's uh, building confidence and careers who knows where what the future will hold but uh with the the, the background that pqa give you've got a, a brilliant start to uh, whatever it is you do in later life and you get to have fun with a brilliant group of peers yeah. and you make friends from outside the circle you would normally go into so again that helps build confidence mm. too absolutely vital i think that the, a lot of our students are with kids that they're not with during the week you you're forced into a group of 30 at school um and you don't know who you're going to be with um with us you know you're meeting people you get to know them you get to be with like-minded people it's um it's great and it's a separate group of friends so if you know um for you do get kids who school is not the the place they feel comfortable mm -hmm. we find that having a different group of friends can be a huge benefit absolutely we have, we have an open day coming up on the 17th of september and uh, we can take as many people as want to come along and have a look and find out all they need to do is go to that address i gave earlier www.pqacademy.com and request a brochure and we'll get on to get in touch oh, pqacademy.com that web address get along there pop in your details and that'll mean that they know you want to come to the wolverhampton group julian alcock yep. will be part of the team that greet you there thank you for joining us have a great time and uh you don't necessarily have to break a leg because uh, you may not be appearing on stage but let's make sure that uh, everybody else has a, a brilliant time and enjoys performing cheers mate thanks very much Now, with the fundraising that Zoe Turner is doing for Mental Health UK, we have an amazing music night on the way on the 9th of September. Zoe, you've invited some of the gang along who are performing. Tell us more. Oh, I have. We've got three lovely acts I have who are all providing their time free of charge so we can make the most out of this night. Um, and they're all fantastic musicians. Uh, and we have... Um, with us, members from Echo Gecko, who's going to be our headliner for the night. Josh and John, hello to you boys. Hello. hello. Josh, um, you're looking after uh, lead, uh, you, you lead and, and guitars? That's right, yeah. And then John, you, you you look like a drummer. Are you a drummer? I am, yes. Was it the low IQ that you could tell? It? <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a badge of honour, isn't it? But uh, no, dr drummer, yeah, drummers yeah. are cool. We love drummers because they're normally weird. Um, oh, yeah. But, 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 but backing vocals as well. So you clearly are multi-talented, whatever the people say about drummers. Uh, yeah, it's usually shouting, but yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. That's part of the genre, isn't it? So tell us a, a bit about the band yourselves, because I mean, you, you've recently signed and it's, it's all looking fantastic for the rest of this year ahead, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah, it's exciting times. Over COVID, uh, lockdown and all of that stuff that we're all very familiar with. Um, it all kind of, the timing came right for us to come together with Simon from Iron Gang Records and Tate from Bay Tree Music Management. Um, having long discussions with them um, about they were showing interest in us and helping us and all of that sort of thing. Fast forward a bit through some Zoom chats with lawyers and things like this to make sure all the contracts are all up in order and it all looked really good. So we signed up and then... Um, yeah, it's, it's been going from strength to strength so far. We've got, um, we spent some time in the studio. And we've got a our debut album fully recorded. It, that was down in Seven Valley Studios in Worcestershire with uh, Bar uh, Jared Bryant, who we've worked with before. Um, fantastic guy to work with. I've always enjoyed working with him with pre in previous projects as well. 
um he really gets what artists want to get from their project sort of thing mm. he's and nothing's too much for him to sort of work with he's, he's great um so yeah we've, we've got that coming up uh release date is to be announced yet but in the meantime for that in the run-up we've got uh, a track which was also recorded previously with jared uh called adrenaline which we have remastered with to sort of bring it in line with the sound of the new album mm-hmm. and that's going to start the ball rolling for all of this whole process really well we'll take a listen to that in a short whilst time uh meanwhile i mean it, it's it's great to be part of this event and i think you know supporting a mental health charity particularly as the lockdown was the there's been a trigger for so many people to struggle with mental health there's been a trigger for you to bring your music together so it's a, it's a nice full circle kind of thing isn't it absolutely yeah. i mean music is such a great um way to deal with all the whole spectrum of mental health you know and mm. because there's so many different music genres and even you know ones that are yet to be discovered yet and things like that you know it sounds a bit of a strange thing these days that there's still music that we haven't heard but it's out there there's loads of notes we just haven't found the right way to put them together yet yeah stick them in the right <laughs> order chuck some drums behind <laughs> it and away you go yeah, yeah, yeah. as well as that you, the, the influences that you have are like wide and varied as well and i think that makes your music wide and varied as well doesn't it because you go from uh like your influences like david bowie and the white stripes arctic Mon- monkey so there's a real mix of, of genres there, isn't there? How do you get, how do you bring all that together and, and choose what you want to be that week, if you see what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, it's it's more of a well when we when we get into a studio or, or rehearse, we're very much just a, a jamming band. So someone will come with a drum fill or a riff or a melody or something, and we'll just jam it out. And it's like putting a patchwork quilt together with genres, if you will, or, or styles. So we'll have like a, an Arctic Monkeys beginning that will go into like a, a proggy middle that will then become some sort of ethereal chorus and stuff. And it's just, a, it's a lot of fun for us to just sort of take all these genres and try and meld them and weld them together just to see what comes out. And this is what we've got. The thing we've got was Echo Gecko. <laughs> a, a fun band, I think. That's, that's the other thing. I mean, seeing the video for Adrenaline. I mean, you guys are absolutely, uh, absolutely just enjoying yourself every moment, I think. Definitely. That was very yeah the video was great fun to, to do we um again this was before we met simon and tate so we were a bit more a bit more free range if, if you like and <laughs> a bit more wild and just do whatever you know see what works um so yeah, we just went into the woods ran around for a bit dressed up like 80s marathon runners and um yeah it was great fun <laughs> it was my, my girlfriend filmed us on giga's gopro um yeah we just ran around did a couple of shots of whiskey didn't we and we just went for it <laughs> Couple of confused dog walkers, but yeah, it was good. (laughs) But yeah, fun is such an important part of it. Um, Mm. And it's one of those things that, I mean, yeah, you can have organized fun, but with music, it can be so spontaneous. You don't know what's coming. You know, you just sort of, you trust in the process. You turn up to practice, even if you're in an absolute poor state of mind. (laughs) And guaranteed by the end of it, you're gonna feel better. It it helps you through, That's, that's what counts. Mm. No, I was just saying, I think that's why I enjoy live music as well because you can listen to something that's been pre-recorded and you'll go and see it live and sometimes it can be like to- a totally different song depending on yeah. how how you play it that night and, and that's what I love about live music it's the variety of it and um and like I say it, it can be totally different to what you've heard before even though it's the same song absolutely you can give it such a like you say a different edge or i think i think just seeing it happen in front of your eyes and unfolding mm. and your ears obviously that's that's such a big part because i think that sort of keeps everyone in the now as it were and i think that's such a huge part 
that's something that a lot of people these days can struggle with relating to mental health as well it's you know we've got so many things phones and technology buzzing at us constantly and you got to do this you got to do this you know just to actually be able to be still and just enjoy something happening is such an important thing mm. it, yeah, it's, it's, it's escapism like... as well isn't it oh, God, absolutely. yeah absolutely. and just what's it like fronting a band like this because you've got to be up there standing at the front uh singing along and uh, it, 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 sort of conveying that on stage and it, it must be brilliant but still yeah, physically draining it, it is but i think what we were saying about the element of fun it really does just carry you through quite nicely you know i can always just turn around to see john and keys and know that they're having as much fun as i am and then we try and portray that to the audience in like a, in, in a kind of like a bubble and we just make the bubble a little bit bigger and draw everyone into that bubble so it, like you were saying of going to actually seeing a song um, live as opposed to like listening to it on a, on a, your headphones. Mm -hmm. um, it is very much like you don't know anybody else in the audience. It might be your, your friends and whatnot. You go and see them with. But for that moment, when you're using it for escapism, you are just all together, just sort of like enjoying it. And you have something to talk about afterwards and something to take away. But yeah, definitely fronting this band is a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we'll get your socials now and then we'll give you the details of how you can get tickets for the event that Zoe's uh, coordinating, raising funds for Mental Health UK. And once again, thank you for being part of that. So where are you on all the socials and the web, et cetera, et cetera? Oh, we've got uh, Instagram is Echo Gecko Band. Facebook is Echo Gecko. Twitter is, oh, Josh, is that Echo Gecko or Echo Gecko Band? It's one of the two. It's one of the two. <laughs> Um, we're on YouTube as well. That's where you'll find the uh, remastered version with the video as well for Adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And Bandcamp. You know, there's, there's, of course, and Bandcamp, of course. That's, you know, one of our favourite music streaming services. They've, I'm really glad they exist at all, to be honest, in this climate of streaming where it's, you know, not ideal for bands. It's It feels like you're doing it all for exposure. So, yeah, Bandcamp mm -hmm. is up there. And we've got um, the album will be released on there as well and to download in all sorts of forms and all that um mm -hmm. and obviously there's our own website which has got um merchandise on it and all of that sort of thing so if you'd like to help support us as well to keep doing what we're doing that's the place to go okay give us the web address <laughs> that's, sorry that's echogecko.co.uk uh, are you selling actual echo gecko geckos as well because that'd be a thing wouldn't it not yet but uh, it could bizarrely, come when I started, when we started this project and I was sort of, because I was doing a lot of the artwork and sort of getting the idea for the look of, you know, how the package is presented and all that, I was, um, I started getting curious about, could I get a gecko skull? And yeah, you can. Turns out you can buy a gecko skull. So I bought a gecko skull. I haven't done anything with it, but I'm thinking that's going to turn up somewhere eventually. Okay, I think um, I'd prefer the entire uh, gecko still attached. Uh, but then again, oh, yeah, there's we're maintenance involved as well, isn't there? So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But that's all good. Zoe, your turn now. Give us all the details for the event on the 9th of September. Yeah, so um, you can get tickets through their website as well, Echo Geckos. I've been on there. So if you go on their website, if you go to the bottom of the page, there's um, the up and coming live shows. So if you click on there, you can it takes you through to my event bright page in the end, mm -hmm. and you can buy tickets that way. Um, or if you want to just go directly to Event Bright, um, you can just search for um, live music shift, and I think it comes up as. Um, or again on my Twitter, there's lots of links on there to all these things that I'm organising, and that's Zoe Turner one. Okay. Um, and there's all the links on there for all everything I'm doing and also if you just want to donate as well. 
Well, it will be awesome. Amazing night of music. Uh, three fantastic acts on the night. Echo Gecko, you've got Dan Jolly and also Robert Lane. So you are going to be treated on the night with an array of fantastic musical genres, and it's going to be great for everybody. But thank you, boys, for joining us. We're going to take a listen to Adrenaline now, and uh, we very much look forward to seeing your name uh, in the press as we head through the rest of the year for all the right reasons that music does its mm -hmm. thing. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Thank you, Zoe, as well. Thank you very thank much.
Aviana Snow has been very busy, not only in the last few months since lockdown has kind of calmed down, but also during a, a feature film that was actually put together in lockdown itself. And joins me now to tell me more about the latest cinematic outings. How are you doing? Hi, Jason. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's lovely to be here. Well, good to talk to you. So what has been happening? Because let, let's start in lockdown to begin with, because uh, under very strict protocols, you yes. made an amazing movie. Oh, bless you. Um, yeah, so I got this random phone call from Howard Ford, whom you might know. Uh, he's a, an amazing director, uh, asking me if I wanted to appear in his film, The Lockdown Hauntings. Mm -hmm. So um, I think he wanted to make a picture during lockdown somehow. And he was thinking about, you know, what are the themes? How are people feeling during the lockdown? And unfortunately, what came to mind was a lot of... Um, people feeling lonely and stressed and isolated and I think um, we were all there yeah yeah well exactly um and so he came up with this idea for a film playing around these themes and you know what if there were a serial killer going around in lockdown and of course it's such a vulnerable situation because a lot of people were living at home alone mm. uh, I mean I live alone so I spent several months locked in my flat staring at the walls going slowly insane um and I just thought, you know what, it sounds crazy and it sounds like a sort of mad idea, but I'm coming along for the ride. And I said, Howard, sign me up. Let's make this work. <laughs> so um, the way that we worked it was uh, all the actors filmed separately in their own homes. And mm. Howard traveled around the country, literally visiting actors in their homes. So we weren't... Um, we, we still kept our separate um, bubbles, mm -hmm. if you will, and we didn't mix and we didn't, so the cast didn't see each other, um, which was an odd experience. So it wasn't until the film was actually sort of made and put together that you actually saw what you had been a part of. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, uh, and I was just thrilled. I was thrilled to be involved. And I think Howard's amazing. Yeah, well, and I think it's, it's this sort of thing which is going to tell the tale of the lockdown. Hopefully no one mistakes this for a documentary and they realise <laughs> it's a horror flick. But uh, you know, it, 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 this is going to be in 10, 15 years' time. People are going to look back on this and this is going to push the sort of film that you've got there back into the uh, the fore as, uh, as, as people start to realise what we went through back in 2020, 21, into 22. My goodness, yes. And, you know, and the fact that our film was genuinely actually made during the lockdown. So mm -hmm. it's not that we're making it now and we're sort of pretending that it's the lockdown, like we were in it for real, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was fantastic. Everybody kind of came together and just sort of made it work despite the restrictions and despite all the stuff that was kind of against us. Um, and that's what I love about our kind of horror community that we mm -hmm. we rally together and we bend over backwards and we get it done. Yeah. And, and with this year's Fright Fest on the way, again, another mm. chance to showcase some amazing movies. And you get to appear twice. I know. I feel very excited. Um, I love Fright Fest. I've, I've been to Fright Fest now many, many times. And I love what they've managed to build at that festival. They've managed to create this community of people who come together who just genuinely love horror and mm -hmm. do it for the love of it and everyone kind of mixes on equal terms so you'll get these you know sometimes quite famous people uh, that um you know that come and then you have people like myself and then just people who are fans and we all kind of just it's just like a jolly together because it's not about power or money or fame it's just about the love of that genre but, so but horror beautiful... is, is about 
having sort of stalwarts of the genre and mm. not necessarily your Tom Cruises and, uh, and, 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 and that side of things, because that doesn't work as well in horror. You've got yeah. to have people who are actors who are going to be uh, not only can more convincing than some of the big stars, uh, but equally uh, who are, are going to fit in with that genre and will appear in a number of different movies. And the fact you've got two out at the moment really does show that you're, you're one of those actors who really can you know, cut the mustard in uh, the horrific scenes <laughs> that are, are, are put together. But, but equally, that you're, you're there and you're, you're part of a genre and you become very much embedded in that. And it doesn't mean you won't do things outside, but it does mean that you, you become very much a fan favourite. Oh, bless you. I mean, I absolutely love horror and I feel very lucky that I've been able to do so much of it within my career. Mm -hmm. um, so at Fright Fest, I should say I have, uh, first of all, Orchestrator of Storms, which is screening on, I think, the 26th of August, uh, which is the Friday. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an incredible uh, documentary about the life of Jean Roland, the uh, very famous French horror director. And that was such an honor to be involved with because he's almost like the father of modern horror cinema. Mm. And I didn't realize, I mean, obviously I knew of him, but until I sat down to actually read the full script of this film, I didn't realize quite how far reaching his impact has been mm -hmm. and how many kind of themes and like how much of that started with him and how you can see his influence more and more. Now, when I sit and watch a horror film, I can kind of pick up, oh, that's a Jean Roland shot right there. Or that's, a, that's something he would have done. Um, and I also really, I really identified with his journey into filmmaking and his struggle to get his films made and how he was constantly having to borrow money and then make films that he didn't want to make just so that he could fund his personal project that he did want mm -hmm. to make and I thought oh my god like his struggle is my struggle like we are in the same boat he's one of us um and yeah I, I just think it's funny how like the same struggles of indie filmmakers are still happening today um and I think he's someone whose work was often dismissed as being kind of just, oh, it's just pornography or, oh, it's just French Euro trash or this, you know, with the kind of snobby attitude. And I'm, I'm glad that it's finally being given, kind of given the credit that I think he deserves. And, and that sort of dismissal is very often because it's art and people don't get the art in it. Absolutely. And I think what's great about the French is they're kind of not afraid of sex. And I think sometimes our mm. response in this country is a bit uptight and a bit kind of ooh, frowny and sort of um, <laughs> and, and because it has a sort of sexual element, we then sort of people don't see the art. They kind of stop at the sex and they don't go any further. Um, but, but I mean, you look at books in the horror genre. Richard Lehman, absolutely massive name, uh, sadly no longer with us. But I mean, his horror stories always had an element of uh, you know, the, 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 the flirty, the sexual, and it, you know, it was part of telling the story because why on earth are this young couple in a creepy old house in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. It's probably because they're teenagers in love. Exactly. And um, I mean, I love his, I love the atmosphere he creates mm. in his films. I love the kind of this and the recurring sort of desolate landscapes and the the graveyards and the chateau and the sort of ubiquitous beach at Dieppe. Mm -hmm. 
which is beautiful and haunting and he creates this amazing dreamlike state um but then also you think well it was probably free to shoot on the beach at Dieppe that's also <laughs> probably why they were there and you get yep. back to the the low budget thing that we all do I mean I, I always say this about low budget filmmaking that it's it's expensive to build sets. So you find with a lot of low budget indies that characters are forever going on a long walk in the forest <laughs> because it's, it's it's accessible and it's free and, and it people, have to, people have to do it, you know, yeah. because you've got to get it done on the budget that you've got. And mm -hmm. I love his kind of indefatigable quality. Mm -hmm. um, but it makes it real as well, which I think is a good thing. Because so, yeah, it, it's you're watching a movie, you actually feel that you could be there. And when these things do become cult classics, you can go and have a selfie in the in, in the, uh, the haunted forest or next on to the, the old ruin. Yeah, on the yeah. Beach. yeah, yeah. Um, so I just felt very, very um, lucky. And it, it's it's beautiful. They've got like wonderful interviews with um, Bridget Laillet and, you know, actors that, that worked with him and can mm -hmm. sort of tell firsthand about what his process was. Um, I was put onto the project by Jonathan Zaurin, who's mm -hmm. another wonderful French director who made Hollow um, last year, mm -hmm. um, which was also a horror uh, with a sort of the central character was an elderly lady with Alzheimer's. Um, but but the subject matter was treated with um, with a lot of respect and sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And it's a fantastic performance from Pat Garrett, who's one of my favorite actors. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just, and he put me in touch with Dima Ballin, who's, uh, and Kat Ellinger, who are the two directors of Orchestrator of Storms. And I, I just felt very lucky to be involved and to be, mm -hmm. you know, part of such a great creative team. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've yeah. kind of, no, I've never seen it. <laughs> I've, <laughs> like, I've read thing. it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but you've read it, you've acted it, you've lived it, but not actually seen the final finished piece. This is often the case, you know, because mm -hmm. it, they take so long in the edit that like you don't see the film for sometimes a year until after you've worked on it, by which mm -hmm. time you've forgotten what it was about anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I'm very, very excited. Well, yeah, and, and you've got your second screening as well. Yes. So the day after, which is the Saturday 27th, I have Lola, which is being screened. Um, and that was another lovely experience. Uh, experience. So Lola is set in 1941. Uh, and it's about two sisters that invent a, t uh, I was going to say a time machine. It's not, not specifically right. It's a machine that intercepts broadcasts from the future, mm -hmm. which allows them to explore the punk movement a generation before anyone else. <laughs> it's exciting. And, uh, and then they decide to use the machine as part of the war uh, effort. So that was shot um, in Kildare and Dublin, although I did my bit in London. Mm -hmm. And... It's just another, it, I think it has music from uh, Neil Hannon of the Divine Comedy, which oh, is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, mm -hmm. I know, really, really good names. And it was just an amazing experience and such a lovely, lovely team. Great cast. Um, I've known the producer, um, Alan, from Cowtown Pictures for a few years now, and we've been mm -hmm. friends. And uh, it was great to actually work with him. You know, mm -hmm. you've been friends for a long time, but never actually worked. Mm -hmm. He's such a hands-on producer in that, you know, some producers, they're sitting miles away in an office and beyond sort of emails and things, they don't get their hands dirty. They don't get kind of involved in the day-to-day -day running of the set. Whereas, you know, Alan was there in person in the room making suggestions about the script, you know, just such a great hands-on, wonderful producer. So I, again, I just feel 
I feel so lucky to be working with all these great people. It makes me look good because they're so good. <laughs> well, I say it's, it's going to be amazing. And because uh, this festival is taking place in London 25th, I think, uh, right through for four days. Yeah, I know. It gets bigger and bigger every year, honestly. There's more and more people come. It's uh, Leicester Square in London. Mm -hmm. Thursday through to Monday. Uh, you yeah. get the weekend, which is the best gig anyway as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, Friday yeah. and Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be good for you. Uh, and uh, that uh, yeah, uh, a chance to see some amazing flicks uh, that, I mean, really are there to be seen on the big screen. And, uh, you know, it, it's nice to know that these things are, are doing the rounds. You get to see them too in the, in the way in which yeah. your directors have intended. And again, then when it does become part of streaming services as well, it brings them to another life, doesn't it? Exactly. And I think it's becoming increasingly difficult for low budget fare to get a big screen cinema release. Mm -hmm. So I'm always very, very pleased whenever they get the chance to be seen in Leicester Square on the big screen in front of a, a live audience, because then it becomes a communal experience. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can feel the atmosphere in the room you all laugh at the same time or cry at the same time and mm -hmm. it's you know I think we've all become so used to watching stuff on Netflix from the sofa in our pajamas and we've kind of forgotten that actually it's meant to be a communal it's a community experience so I love that Fright Fest gives indie film that opportunity Although they don't provide you settees to hide behind if you are particularly scared, you have to <laughs> stick it out with the rest of the audience. You have to be brave. That's the way we, but... that's the way we like it. <laughs> Frightfest.co.uk is their website. You can get sort your tickets out, your weekend passes, and a great uh, time to spend your, 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 a nice weekend in London, Thursday the 25th through to Monday the 29th of August. Full details, as I say, on their website. Uh, where do we find out about you and your work, apart from dipping along to IMDb, of course? Oh my goodness, you can follow me on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm I'm all over the place. So Aviana Snow. A <laughs> Don't feel y you have to. Did you I know you want to? <laughs> a Y V I A N N A Snow. Get that spelling it's right. Unspellable and unpronounceable. But you're the only one in equity, which is what counts. Well, exactly. That is what counts. <laughs> That's all good. But I mean, have a great time. What any projects we can talk about? Any in any way at all at the moment, or is everything under wraps for the rest of this year? Video shop Tales of Terror, I think, is coming out in January of 2023. So mm -hmm. more more fantastic horror coming to you. Well, that'd be good to talk to you when that one releases out. Yeah. And we can find out more about <laughs> how people can get their hands on that. But for now, Aliana Snow, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Well, that's it all for this week. Zoe, give us all the details of all of your charity stuff that's coming up because we've mentioned the, uh, the, the improv night and the music, but you've also got a, a, a bit of an event with a market as well, haven't you? So give us those details. Yeah, it's um, an end. Well, I've called it an end of summer fair because it's right at the very well, start of September. And you didn't want to call it a Christmas fair because it's not Christmas yet. No, no. So end of summer fair, but it is a good opportunity to sell or pick up some fantastic Christmas presents at that particular time. It's on the 3rd of September. Um, it's the Chiffnall Village Hall, 10 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. Um, obviously, if you want to come in to buy something or to have a look around, that's all free. Um, there'll be tea and cake and coffee and all the proceeds of that will obviously go to Mental Health UK. I'll be there selling some craft items who a lovely craft group in Chiffnall have donated for me to sell. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll also have books, I think, as well. So I will be there doing that. Um, but there's also opportunities for storeholders. So if you're a storeholder that's got items to sell, it can be like arts and crafts or um, cosmetics, beauty stuff, anything like that that you think 
the local people of Sheffield might want to purchase, then you can um, rent a space, I suppose. Um, it's £8. Um, you're covered for like liability insurance and things like that through the hall. The only thing that you won't be covered for is your own goods. Um, so obviously if, you, if it's breakable and it gets broken, then that would be under your business insurance, as it were. So again, that's all through Eventbrite. So obviously there is limited spaces, so we need to know exactly how many people are coming. Um, there has been like a surge over the last week of people booking up. So if you do want to book a stall, you need to do it quickly. Um, and that again, through Eventbrite, um, you just book a ticket through there. And again, it's £8. Um, I think that's just called Summer Fair on on the Shiftnell, um, on Eventbrite, sorry, but if you put search for Shiftnell in, um, or Improv Wolves, um, or um, Music Night, it'll all, all three of them should come up, so you can have a ticket for all three if you want. Yeah, you can track it down that way, yeah, but become a, a Zoe Turner stalker and follow her, all of these events, and uh, she'll be there flogging raffle tickets, all flogging stuff, that'll be pretty much the way yeah, it goes. Yeah, they're doing something. Okay, give, give us your uh, your Twitter, just so uh, people can follow you as well, to see what yeah, else is going on, because you're doing quick. quite a bit with raising funds for Mental Health UK, including a bit yeah. of a trek coming up in September. Yes, I am. So it, it, all the funds from all these events are going towards my trek through the Scottish Highlands in September. So I'm going on the 11th. Um, so I've got all these events leading up to that. Um, and I'll be doing five days of trekking, which I haven't really done much training for because I've been that obsessed with trying to get the funds <laughs> to go. <laughs> I've sort of that's gone to the wayside. So I'm trying to focus on that the next four weeks. Yeah, because um, basically you, you you have to get in a minimum amount to be allowed to go along, which is uh, basically through sponsorship or through raising yeah. funds for the event. So all the money goes to the charity and then yeah. you pay your own way to get up there, don't you? Yeah, so if you want to just um, donate, if you don't really fancy coming to anything that I've organised, <laughs> you can just donate and it's um, www.justgiving.com forward slash Zoe hyphen turnup hyphen Highland. Um, and you can just donate through there as well. And my Twitter um, page is probably the best to get everything on. And that's Zoe, Zoe Turner 1. Um, Zoe and, Turner and, and the number one. On there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can get all the details through there as well. And uh, this is something new that I'm going to be doing. So in the next few weeks, I might have to pop back on to, to go, go through it with you. Um, I've actually persuaded a musician to um, write and record a song for mental health uk that is going to put in the i don't know what you what you do with it put it on itunes or something <laughs> you make it available to buy online yes so that'll yeah. be the thing yeah so that that's the next thing after after all these so and that will probably continue at outside the um trek as well the other side of it so um because i can still carry on donating like getting donations after the the trek as well to help go towards my target so um, so yeah, anything you want to donate, anything you want to do, just contact me via Twitter and uh, we can try and sort something out. Sounds good. Well, Zoe, always love to see you. Thank you for co-hosting this week and uh, we will have you back in the not too distant future. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> and that is it for the show this week. To wrap it down. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah. Goodbye from the mill bar, yeah.